This is in oh. the air to right field. Back it goes. Mendo has done it again. Fernando Tatis Jr., a grand slam. Myers drives one out towards deep left center field. Back goes Heinemann at the wall. It's gone. Another grand slam for the Padres. Machado to deep left field. It is high, deep, and it is a grand slam to walk it off. Manny Machado is tonight's Padres hero. In the air to right field, towards the corner. It's back. It's gone. Welcome to Slam Diego. What is going on, Friar Faithful? Another episode coming right at you. Another Thursday, another day closer to the 2023 season going underway. Slowly but surely, uh, let's just say that. It's 93 days, 92 days actually, in fact, until spring training goes underway. Uh, it's going to be the longest 92 days ever, if you're listening to this on the uh, day it comes out. So, Oh boy, we're ready. You know, the Padres are looking like they're pretty ready despite a quiet offseason so far. We predicted this. It's a very long offseason for a reason. Well, compared to others, it's uh, one of the shorter ends. But at the end of the day, this Padres team is ready to make some moves in order to advance and really bring that championship home to San Diego. So there's already those rumors rumbling. There's already... Trade speculations you can think about going underway makes it fun. Kind of makes, and especially with a owner and manager that are very, very flexible and just outright amazing, it's making it worthwhile. So, this episode's not going to be too much. If you guys listened to the episodes in the past, we all know we were talking about pitching. Uh, the outfield, what it looked like, and potentially with Soto, when will he get an extension? The infield and what that could look like with Tatis coming back, and that clogs in Ha-Sung Kim and where he would go. We talked about all of that. I also mentioned about one free agent in particular and Jose Abreu, and now those rumors could be heating up even more, not only with articles, but the fact that Anthony Rizzo Signed back with the Yankees, thank God, because I did not want Anthony Rizzo back in the Padres. He's not the same hitter. Banning the shift might change that, but I don't want to take that risk with a guy like Rizzo compared to a hitter and Jose Abreu, who was a 2020 MVP, despite the shortened season, still has you know, won a major award in which Manny Machado should have won um, this year. Thank you very much. But Jose Abreu being the hitter that he has been his whole career. Abreu's been on my mind a lot. I think if we have to look at anything outside of who we have to re-sign, Abreu's the top priority in which, rumor has it, the Padres are saying Abreu's their top priority. Prowler's already showed interest. Uh, Abreu has already shown interest as well, working with the team, so kind of like trying to get something figured out here. Could he go somewhere else? Of course he can. What kind of money is he going to want? Who knows? Uh, Abreu's coming off another pretty good year despite lower home run rate. He does hit a lot of doubles and everything like that. He's 35 going on 36 in January. Uh, he's a three-time All-Star besides that MVP. Rookie of the Year and a three-time Silver Slugger. 
And I'm going to talk about on this episode more of what this guy can bring to the Padres and what we know. And in addition to that, Nick Martinez re-signing with the team, what that brings. And I've mentioned that before and everything, but keep in mind, it is a slow, slow offseason. I'm trying to bring out content as much as I can, and there's no rumors. There's really nothing out there, even even for San Diego, besides really Abreu and nothing more, nothing less. So watch right when I post. It's going to be a breakout news regarding the team. So um, when it comes down to it, there's not much that we know of right now. We just got to sit back and wait. So when it comes to Jose Abreu, we're going to start off the show like that. This guy is an absolute monster of a hitter. I'm telling you that right now. I think we all know it. He's a great right-handed hitter. And he he just, he can do it all. He can hit. He hits for gappers. He hits for power overall. Uh, the man can just make pitchers pay for their mistakes. In nine years, he's a career 292 average. In fact, the last two out of the three years, he's posted an average over 300. On base, insane, over 350 the past three years, including over 372 out of those three years. Uh, yeah, Abreu can really get on base in efficient ways with a lot of hitting. Uh, not so much of the walk sometimes here and there, but he did have 62 this past year. Uh, but Abreu just hits to get on base and everything. Uh, he's just that much of a phenom. And he's an RBI machine. Don't, <laughs> don't count that out. I mean... Six out of his nine years, he's recorded over 100 RBIs. So there's that. Imagine him on a Padres team batting fourth or fifth in that lineup. It's scary. Abreu's just that good, man. And he can he can hit both righties and lefties pretty well. He can, and we're going to get into that in a little bit of a breakdown. Now, the home runs came off a little low this year, like I mentioned. He only had 15. However, he did have 40 doubles. That almost matched his career high in... 2017 at 43, uh, but that power can easily come back, and you can't you can't just exclude doubles like they're nothing. Doubles are do mean a lot. In fact, it could sometimes mean more than overall homers because you don't want to see guys chase all the time. And uh, Abreu is that kind of guy to just hit and know where to hit the ball. <laughs> Sounds easy, but of course it's it's not going to be at all. And Abreu overall, as I'm. Uh, Taking a look at everything over here, man. He's just got a nice war as well at 4.2 overall in his career, 31.9. That would really help this Padres team go above and beyond, I feel like, too. Abreu's just that kind of guy. Listen, I'm not a fan. I'm going to say it again, man. I'm not a fan of switching on Cronzone, who is a gold glove finalist because he's got a brick wall named Cronzone on it at second and then putting Kim at second. Right, moving Crony to first. Listen, man, I know Crony is versatile, and you got Kim, who's great defensively, but dude, just start like Tatis at the DH if worst comes to worst. You got Drury still, hopefully, let's say. Let's say. I know we don't. And um, with that, I don't think that provides enough power in the infield. And then you could say, argue with me. Oh, with Tatis coming back, that, that brings back power. Okay, what if he gets hurt again? What if he gets suspended again? You don't know. You don't know what the future holds tonight. We all hope he does not happen uh, to get suspended or anything like that, but you never know. And with his injury 
probability being higher than usual with the average player, it's more than likely that he's going to have a setback. So let's say they lose him, then they lose power, then it's back to Manny Machado carrying the team. It's it's not looking pretty. I mean, Jake Cronenworth is... I, I love the Crone Zone. Don't get me wrong. But he's not going to come in every day guarantee you a, like a homer or a double. He's not. He'll get you your base hits here and there. Same with Hassan Kim. You need to have a power hitting first baseman like you did with Josh Bell if he leaves. Look what look what Bell did in the playoffs for us. We wouldn't have gotten that far. We would not. You need to have slugging. It can't be Trent Grisham who, let's say, gets a bad year again at 180-something, and then he's hitting homers in a couple games in a row, and that's his hot streak. And then Soto, you're relying on him too much. No, 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 it's a team effort, man. And Abreu, if you have an owner that's not afraid to spend money, clunking him in there at first base, I would say arguably not a DH, not all the time at least, and you're going to be good. Abreu has played first base in 1,071 games. He's only played DH in 199. In 2022, he played 29 games at DH, 128 at first base. So he's more known at first. I don't blame you at all. Um, I would put Abreu at first as well. Put Crony at second. If you need Kim at short, by all means, if you want to put Tatis in the outfield or DH at some point, and don't forget, Drury, let's say you bring him back, he can play some left field too if you lose Profar. He's very versatile. So if you're afraid you're going to put Tatis in the field, you could put him in the DH and just focus on swinging that bat. I'm telling you, bring back Drury, sign Jose Abreu, let Josh Bell walk, let Jerickson Profar walk. Unfortunately, I do like Profi. Um, and I like Josh Bell. I like JB. But you got to try and upgrade here. And Abreu, I think, is that guy. And you just got to create versatility as much as you can. You can't have the same... You can have the same lineup, right? I'm a fan of that. If you're confident in your lineup going in one through nine, day in and day out, that's fine. We realize that with Bob Melvin. But at the same time, you need to be ready for any desired situation or any desired matchup to plug in guys here and there and... When it's needed most, because you can't go just like when you can't go wrong with enough pitching, you can't go wrong with enough hitting and bench bats and everything like that. Also, want to throw it out there: Padres non-tender at Jorge Alfaro, um, some others here and there. So, just wanted to say, I know you're not listening at all, but it would be pretty cool if you were. Jorge, best of luck, my man. Uh, you were absolutely fun to watch, and I was a huge fan when we got you. And uh, I, I always watched you when you were a Philly as well, early on in your career. Wishing you nothing but the best of luck, bro. And uh, it, it was fun having you on this team. And, of course, you created a slogan for life in this franchise, LFGSD. We're going to keep it PG-13 here uh, for this this week until, you know, <laughs> further notice. But, uh, yeah, so uh, Alfaro, thank you. Great Mother's Day you had this past year, too. Uh, incredible stuff, man, and congratulations on making Padres history with four walk-offs, including a walk-off walk against Craig Kimbrell in L.A. That was pretty cool. So there is that as well. Um, going back to a break, sorry, got off topic a little bit. The guy can mash baseballs. Now, what kind of baseballs can this guy hit? Uh, you throw him basically anything except for the splitter, 
in which it's not too common of a pitch going into this, and you're pretty much golden. Going into 2022, we're going to break it down a little bit. Against the four-seamer, that's the most common pitch in the majors. He's seen that 940 times. He slugged 404 with that, batting 270. Pretty good stuff. I mean, against the slider, that could be a decisive, deadly pitch, but he batted 294 and slugged 400. On the sinker, basically a sinking fastball, same stuff, two-seam, you can name it. Same same categorization. Batted 336 on 100 and... Uh, I'm sorry, 485 pitches thrown to him with slugging 414. Now, the one pitch that he has struggled against, and not even big time, I would say. Not even big time. It's the curveball. Uh, with the curveball coming into play, he batted 281. He slugged 456. That's fantastic. Now, I wouldn't even say this is a struggle. I would just say this is one to kind of put out there. His whiff percentage was 34.3% on that this past year. That's the most... Uh, in over 100 pitches thrown, I would say, in that category. It's not really technically the splitter or anything like that. The curveball being thrown 261 times. K rate was at 29.7%. So that's one. But, hey, man, if that's the one kind of thing that I'm, you know, tippy-toeing over, I'll take it. I'll take it with a very big time. Uh, a guy can just... I mean, plugging him in that four or five, you, you really, really cannot go wrong. Because I'm trying to really think, like, that's going to be crazy. Imagine just Tatis. We're not even including the field. We're just going to go with the lineup. Like, Tatis, right? Soto, Manny, Abreu. You bring back Drury. You put Drury in five, six. You got Cronenworth. You flip them around. You can always have Hassan Kim, uh, Nola or Campy. Uh, I mean, it's it's lethal, man. I mean, if we can trade for Hunter Renfro because he's getting passed around and uh, moved around like it's nothing over here, just got traded to Anaheim, and he's going to be a free agent, I believe, after this year. If we could take him back because Renfro, we seriously miss you. At least I miss you. That would be pretty cool. But then again, uh, who knows what happens with the outfield and DH stuff like that. I don't know why I even just said that. But yeah, see, free agency, nothing happens. Your mind goes bonkers. You just want something to happen. You think of the craziest things. You think of like you, you think of like Jacob deGrom coming to the Padres and actually staying healthy. Because we know both of those ain't true. <laughs> I make myself laugh. Anyway, back to Abreu. I'm sorry. Wow. Um, Abreu, though, has... Torched fastballs big time. A big time slugger. Uh, really not a big put away guy either unless it's that curveball and the breaking pitches, I would say. And that's the only one. I mean, otherwise than that, he's very, very good against all speed pitches. Batting 385 this past year against uh, all speed. Slugging 673. And if you don't know, I'll let you know. All speed Pitches include the splitter, the changeup, the forkball, or the screwball. Mostly in today's game, we'll see a changeup, sometimes here or there, a splitter. As for the breaking ball, there is a difference. Breaking is the slider, the curve, the knuckle, and the, uh, that's it, right? Yeah, 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 because a cutter is in a fastball category. It's a cut fastball. I kept thinking cutter. But yeah, um, 
So there's no weakness there. It's not like a Brady can just hit fastball straight up and then struggles against breaking and chases off speed. No, it's it's none of that. He is absolutely dominant every which way he can. And uh, I, I would really like this move. I think we would all really like this move. Seriously. You get Jose Abreu, man, and that lineup, like, oh, that's like Christmas came early. Whatever you guys celebrate, I don't care. That's awesome you do you. In fact, I'm I'm working on the holidays, so I really don't care. That would be cool. Um, final thing, I think, before I get into Nick Martinez, Abreu splitting lefties versus righties this past year. Pretty dominant in both categories. Uh, Slug 471 against lefties, of course, is a right-handed hitter, if you weren't sure. Against righties, slugged 440, OPS 858, lefties 816, righties still very, very good on both ends. Had a little bit better of an average against righties too, so no no regression there. The one thing about Abreu that I hear is common, in fact it looks like it's common, um, he starts off the year relatively slow. In fact, really April he'll start off slow, and then he picks things up in May, June, July, and hey, I'll take it, man. Instead of a guy that starts off hot and then doesn't know how to swing a bat the rest of his season, I will take that any day, man. It's It matters when you get hot the most. Hottest month is October for a radio. 1,056 OPS right there. Can't go wrong. And he mostly bats third or fourth. I would say he bats more fourth as the cleanup guy, in which I think he would for us too because... Oh my god! Like, can you believe those words are coming out of our like my mouth right now? Like, guys, like think about this team just a few years ago, and think about it now with Fernando Tatis Jr., Juan Soto. This like you, this is video game franchise mode on easy trade difficulty. Manny Machado, Jose Abreu. That that's just scary. I mean, those top three alone. If we didn't get Abreu, if we don't, that's scary enough. But like, dude, like what? It's it, it it this team is just lethal, man. And we gotta make a push. If we have that owner that's not afraid to do anything, you gotta make a push. And they will, they will. They're gonna do something big. I think Abreu is fascinated that a contending team like this team is on his radar. Because the White Sox were disappointing. Who knows what they're gonna do with like guys like Lucas Giolito, etc. You don't know. So Abreu, let's hope he comes here. I really don't care about how much it's going to cost right now because, listen, at the end of the day, it's not our money. We got to see what this team does. We got to see how committed Seedler and Prowler, et cetera, are, and that's that. Now, the last thing I do want to talk about relatively quick is Nick Martinez. It's official. He's going to start off 2023 as a starter, whether it's the fourth starter or the fifth in the rotation. Currently goes, in my opinion, you Darvish, Blake Snell, Joe Musgrove, very lethal. In fact, let's remember all three of those guys were traded for because teams did not want to extend them in ways that we are looking to extend you, Darvish. There's nothing about Blake Snell. And we recently extended Joel Musgrove, who's going to be potentially the longest Padre in the starting rotation. So he signed through five years, of course. Interesting stuff. So do not panic. Do not panic. It's 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 easier said than done. We all know if you guys have listened to my podcast in the past that I panic every time we lose a series. But hey, that's what makes it great because it shows true heart and commitment. So if you want to panic, actually, go ahead. Hit the panic button. Why not? 
Let's do that. Because we know what Prowler can do at the trade deadline. It was the dud in 2021, but in 2022, look what he did, man. I mean, <laughs> potentially made the biggest trade in MLB history, let alone Padre history. So, pretty cool stuff. You don't know what he can do if Nick Martinez doesn't pan out. You don't freak out because moving back to the bullpen or even a closer role, give Josh Hader slash Robert Suarez a break, and uh, Martinez will be thriving. I believe in Martinez, though. I'm going to be real with you. I believe he's a perfect five, not a four, a perfect five. Let's say you get a Kodai Senga or someone else in there. Um, Kodai hopefully would be good if he comes to us. I just, I'm very skeptical about uh, pitchers like coming over from the, those those parts because they're hit or miss. I know there's Shohei. I know we got Darvish. But you never know. They're hit or miss. They could be a Kikuchi and uh, not really pan out that well. But I hear he's got good stuff. I hear he has like a really nasty forkball, a pretty good slider, I believe. Uh, he could throw pretty heavy on the fastball. But then again, I'm not a big advocate of that as long as you can throw it pretty accurately. Like Suarez, who actually has been very accurate with the, the high heat, uh, then I'll be a fan of you. But at the end of the day, um, it will be another arm. You can never have enough pitching. And I think no matter what, whether we sign a guy and then put in Martinez, right, I still think Preller is going to make something big happen. If not now, this team is going to trade for a guy like Corbin Burns or et cetera, and we're going to be lethal. I'm telling you right now. Book it now. Save that recording right there. If you can, I'll, I'll actually try, and that's that. So I really think that something's going to happen. We cannot panic one bit and go from there. Go from there. So Nick Martinez, what does he bring to the table as of right now? I like it, but then again, here's why I like it. Yes, we talked about it. He struggled previously a little bit as a starter, especially going deeper into innings. But he finally has, after five years, another major league level and year under his belt coming back. He proved everyone wrong. He got a nice extension, well worth it. He wants to be a starter. He wants to prove this team what he's got and get that bonus money. He and he loves the city. He loves the fan base. He gets seriously pumped up whenever big plays happen, and rightfully so. It's awesome. I want to see screaming Nick Martinez in every which way possible. His changeup, of course, is absolutely deadly. So here's what Nick Martinez has to work on. Getting those outs later on in those innings to last. He struggled to go five, six innings because he was getting hit. And then he would get taken out. He was a little bit readable. But I think when he went to the bullpen, he was more decisive. He was like he was looking like a prime pitcher. I mean, whenever you thought he was throwing the changeup, he's throwing the cutter. Whenever you thought he's throwing the cutter, he's throwing the changeup. So that was the thing that was working for him. And I think that's what builds confidence, and that's what can help him go back in that starting rotation knowing he's got so much. And we know these guys go in day in, day out. They could eventually develop a new pitch. They We got Ruben Niebla as our pitching coach. He's definitely working with Martinez, and Martinez was solid as a starter, but he just needs improvement. He's not going to be perfect, but he can be a very, very reliable back starter. So, in the first inning, 
This past year, Nick Martinez posted a 3.60 ERA. Not bad at all. Second, 2.70, including the third. However, the fourth and the fifth inning is where trouble started at a 4.09 and 7.36 ERA. Yeah. And in the fifth inning especially, 52 batters faced. He gave up 18 hits, 9 earned runs. Pretty uh, scary. Now, some of that might be out of the pen, right? Because he comes out of the early fourth inning start pull. Next thing you know, it's Nick Martinez. Uh, but at the same time, uh, we've seen some some struggles in there with losing command or getting uh, hit streaks on. So he definitely will be having to work on some things, but I think he easily can. He's got a chase rate in the 81th percentile. That's pretty good right there. And an average exit velocity in the 89th percentile. This is on Baseball Savant. So that's pretty good right there too. Um, now we know his changeup is really good. But so is his four seam. Because that can be a deadly pitch. Because you don't know when he's going to throw any of them. The four seam. He's thrown at 26.3% this past year. And the changeup just under at 25.5%. He also throws a cutter, curveball, and a sinker. So, uh, very versatile when it comes to that, guys. I think we all know that with Nicky Boy. And when it comes down to it, man, just go out there and pitch. That's all you got to do. And Nick Martinez, I, I don't think, uh, now that he's got a year under his belt, especially, especially with a 2022 season that actually went his way, it's game over. Now, fun fact as well, his curveball was his biggest put-away percentage pitch. It's a pretty nasty curveball as well, so there we go. Much love on that one at 22.1%. And the beauty of it is he's not a big strikeout guy, so I could live with that totally. Um, And get those outs any way you can. I mean, his changeup is just over 20% as well with the put-away pitch. Uh, and that's really it. That's mostly it. Sometimes we'll throw a fastball right by you. And uh, another fun fact going into it, I would say, is that he really, really relied on that fastball more and more as it went. In 2017, he relied too much on the four seam and barely moved on with the cutter, the sinker, and the changeup. His changeup was actually his lowest recorded pitch back in 2017. So Niebla definitely worked on something to get that going. And it's 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 amazing. I mean, we all call Devin Williams airbender, but I personally think it's Nick Martinez. I thank you very much. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll pull that right there. So Nick Martinez, we got to see what he can do when he comes back. But I'm very confident, of course, we know what this team can do at the trade deadline. We know what this team can do in free agency. They're going to make a splash in some way possible. But guys, that's all I have for you this Thursday. And uh, keep an eye out because we're getting ready ever so soon for potential merchandise on the way. Video podcast coming back out soon. That might be a little bit later. And uh, we're just getting underway, really trying to get all the help we can to get this underway. Um, So I'm very excited to say that. You know, try and get the content produced as much for you guys as I can. Uh, So keep an eye out for that and much more. If you haven't, please follow me on Twitter at Grand Slam Padres, one word, to keep up with all the latest news, information, and episodes 
Really appreciate it. I'll see you guys next week unless some big news happens. And next thing you know, we sign a Brayu, re-sign Drury, and extend Juan Soto. And then I woke up from my dream. So I'll see you guys next Thursday.